my big hope is that in the educational world, almost any teacher you talk to has things they've always really wanted to try and they wish they could spend some time on doing something differently or teaching a new thing. And they've almost never felt the liberty to go ahead and try that. And while we're limited in what we can do because we're remote, I'm hoping that's going to give rise to literally a million natural experiments around the country. And, you know, while there's this this group of kids who are going to have a, a different educational experience and maybe have a little bit of trouble over the next couple of years, sort of working that out and sort of readjusting, maybe we'll see some really good things come out of it too. Hey everybody, this week's episode is brought to you by Couchbase. Couchbase is an open source, NoSQL document and key value store database. It requires no external cache, supports SQL and analytic queries for JSON data, and Couchbase supports technologies like Kubernetes, Java, .NET, JavaScript, Go, and Python. Download it today at couchbase.com slash stackoverflow and let them know we sent you. Hey everybody. Hey. Welcome to our third recording session in a week's time. Working We're pumping remote, it out. Stack Overflow in Exile. So yeah, it's Friday morning. We are recording a new episode and we published a new episode this morning. So that's fun. I have some exciting news that will be live by the time this episode goes out on Tuesday. If you go to Instagram and you search for The Stack Overflow, you will find a brand new Instagram account, Wild. which Stack Overflow never had before. You know what? And we, and we should emphasize, like, you said that, and I'm like, ah, going to be like a bunch of pictures of code and, and random stuff. Mm. Yeah. Same, no, 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 no. It's like high quality animation with all sorts of stuff going on. Yeah. We worked really hard on this with a great animator I know, Bort Edlund, and he has been taking some of the top questions from our community you know, hottest questions of the week on Stack Overflow or Stack Exchange. He's made some amazing animations for them. And then if you click uh, the link in bio, it'll take you to Linktree and you can dive in and actually check out uh, those questions and answers. So lots of great knowledge in there and a few hints about what might be coming next week on April Fool's. You got to read between the lines of the questions we posted. But yeah, we're excited about it. We think it's a great way to showcase what's going on in the community. And, you know, it kind of just doubles up on what we've been doing with the newsletter where we share questions. We try to share questions once a week on the blog with Stack Overflow Knows. We use that hashtag on Twitter and Instagram now. So if you have a question you think is great and you want to share with us, just use the hashtag Stack Overflow Knows and we'll, we, we reread through that every week. And, uh, you know, we shout out the life butters on this show. So I think we're trying through our editorial efforts to give a little love to the community. And we're almost at a thousand lifeboats, y'all. It's going to happen soon. We're going to have that party. It's also exciting. I mean, I, I know Instagram is just getting started, but it's probably a really good time to get in there. Yeah, people are extremely online at this moment in time. So yes, consumption is up. And so we hope everyone is safe. You know, our thoughts and prayers to the folks fighting the pandemic on the front lines. Also check out our Instagram. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> what can exactly. I say? What can I say? So yeah, we have two special guests this week. Sarah, I'll let you introduce them and then maybe we can have a quick chat. Ben, today we have two amazing guests with us. We have two moderators from the network. One is Matt Austin, who is a moderator on the RPG Stack Exchange. And another is Aaron Hall, who is a moderator on Stack Overflow. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, thanks for having me. So, all right. So what's a moderator do? How long does it take? What do you guys do when you moderate for Stack Overflow? What does that entail? I really took to heart Jeff's, you know, dictum a long time ago that uh, what a moderator does is as little as possible. So there's... There's a little bit more of an expanded GUI. You know, I'm logged into Stack Overflow every day, and there's a bit more of an expanded GUI and, you know, a few more alerts. And I just check out the alerts when it makes sense to do that. 
And when I'm when I'm in moderator mode, I'm looking for the is there spam in the queue, something that's been tagged as spam in the queue, or is there something that's been tagged as abusive in the queue? Because I want to prioritize, you know, those kinds of things. And so th- those are the, those are the kinds of things I'm looking for. Um, I'm also in chat, and I'm also looking for you know are there f- are there flags you know popping up in chat at all? Most of the time, users aren't quite calibrated, so. Uh, we can just dismiss the flags, but sometimes they're serious and, you know, you need to talk to somebody and have a serious conversation. So that's what I, I like to do is, if possible, I like to have a serious conversation with the users when I need to, as opposed to, you know, just pushing a button. I You know, all moderators are different and, you know, other moderators are probably spending a lot more time in the queues uh, than I am. So I'm probably not the, you know, exemplary Stack Overflow moderator. There, the other ones are probably working those queues much harder than me. I like to think of moderation sort of in two modes. There's sort of the the moderator leadership mode, and there's the moderator behind the scenes work mode. So the behind the scenes stuff is a lot like Aaron was talking about, going in and finding what people are flagging and jumping in where you, where you need to take care of it, or giving those flaggers some feedback on how that was useful or maybe how it wasn't useful. And there already exist tools that they they have that could help out uh, destroying spammers, uh, feeding things into charcoal, things like that. Wait, what's what's charcoal? So I'm not an expert in charcoal. I know it's this magical unicorn-like being that somehow protects the entire network from spam, but maybe others could could speak more intelligently. That's the technical, that's the right technical terms. Yeah, yeah. it's a it's it's a it's a community project that throws flags and and helps manage uh, spam detection and destruction all across the network. Okay, cuz I will say feeding users into charcoal is uh doesn't doesn't <laughs> sound good when you first say it. All right, it, that's much less bad. Not turning users into charcoal. Right, it sounds like we've just found a new site motto. Actually actually. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's one of the features about Stack Overflow that's so amazing is uh, Stack Overflow relies on community moderation to a huge extent such that the community has created bots designed to essentially police the site and look out for spam and abusive comments and things like that and raise those kinds of things so that real people can look at them when they, you know, in real time when they pop up. And so I think it does a really good job at not just cleaning up those kinds of things, but also discouraging that kind of activity in the first place. Because, you know, when, when you, you know, do something and it's immediately, you know, addressed, what's the point in doing it again? So I think, I think there, it, it creates huge value for the site and for Stack Overflow of the site and for all the users. Just makes the site better for everyone. That's sort of the technical side of the moderation. And then on the leadership side, I think it's, it's really important for all moderators to remember that everything we do has this big blue diamond attached to it and it stands out there and it it's very noticeable to other users and it sits around for years. So every comment we leave, every conversation we're having in chat, answers we post, uh, you know, these should all be modeling good things. They should be calling out good behaviors by other people. One of my favorite things to do is to just ping someone in chat and say, hey, I think you did a great job with that. Thanks so much for helping. Or star something that someone else is doing. Bring up a meta post that talks about some of the good stuff that the community is doing. Those are the two modes that I think of moderation in. Matt, can you tell us a little bit about, so most people here are familiar with Stack Overflow that are listening to the podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about the RPG community and what that's for and what the folks that are involved are like? Sure. So first, I guess we should make sure that people are aware there there are two sites in the network that deal with RPGs. One is 
RPG stack exchange, which is the tabletop role-playing games. This is your Dungeons & Dragons players or your Savage Worlds, people playing different fate variants. This is gathering around the table in the basement with your friends when you're 10 years old, or this is Sheldon's living room table. And then, of course, there's the arcade site, the video game site, which also has a lot of RPGs. So sometimes we get a little bit of confusion there, and the two sites end up migrating a good number of questions back and forth that were actually destined for one or the other, uh, but landed on the wrong site. What percentage of your moderator job is migrating sites to the other RPG? So when I say a good number, I mean like a hand a handful a year. Um, but that's oh, a lot okay. more that's a lot more day. migrations like than a lot of people do because frankly, migration is a pretty pretty heavy tool and um, comes out pretty rarely. I have something to share, which we haven't shared publicly yet, but we're going to be sharing a little bit about in the next week. Which is that you know during this uh, pandemic, which is affecting folks all around the globe. We have seen, you know, shifts in the traffic to Stack Overflow and actually shifts that correlate with certain things. So, for example, the, the traffic from China was way, way down. And as they recovered, the traffic came back up a little bit less of people every day browsing Stack Overflow proper, maybe because, you know, some people are not working or they're just juggling other tasks like, you know, childcare. But we have seen an explosion of interest in fantasy and role playing up, I think, 200 percent. An explosion of interest in biology, not surprisingly. So places like that suddenly are getting a lot of inbound interest as people have a lot of questions. They dust off their uh, tabletop games to get through this quarantine, or they want to understand how, you know, proteins and RNA work so they can learn a little bit more about what we're battling here. And we, since we, since we know there are two, Matt, which one is yours? So I'm with the tabletop group. So, so, so been... rpg.sackexchange.com or... Yes, exactly. rpg.sackexchange.com, okay, okay. and that's your tabletop role players. And that's one thing that people who use Stack Overflow a lot or land on it when they're Googling things may not realize that there are so many of these hobby sites around. Um, I'd imagine as time goes by, movies and TV and arcade and bicycling and you know DIY Stack Exchange, um, as people are finally getting around to you know, rewiring that lamp in their closet or whatever. I'll, I'll read you a few more. These are pretty funny. So actually, the the, the fastest growth is is academia. So this is people whose probably school has been dislocated. They're, they're not able to talk to a teacher or a classmate, so they're all in there. Or maybe they're trying to figure out how they're going to keep their PhD running. Biology, genealogy, gaming, math, educators, board games. And here we go. Skeptics. Way mm. up. Poker. Way up. I mean, I'm looking at some RPG questions. We should just read a few because they're great. Like, are half-elves supposed to have a slender build like elves, or are they supposed to have a build that's intermediate between humans and elves? Okay, question mark, bracket 5E. What does the 5E mean? Yeah, so it means 5th edition. The, the common tagline is that it's the 5th edition of the world's most famous role-playing game or the world's most popular role-playing game. Dungeons & Dragons, a couple years back, released its 5th edition of the rule set. So a lot of our questions, off the top of my head, I'd say maybe two-thirds of them, if not three-quarters, uh, these days are about Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition. Got it. Um, Got it. We do answer questions about literally thousands of different role-playing games that are out there, but between D&D and Pathfinder are the two giants, both because they are popular and because they're pretty rules-heavy compared to lots of other role-playing games. So there are lots of little niche things to ask about. I'm seeing you're on your way to 16,000 tagged questions with D&D 5e, right? So it, yeah, that's the that's your leader. Yeah. Although, you know, monsters are in there. This is good. This is good. I'm into this. I mean, I check the uh, hottest questions from around the network every week, just looking for fun stuff to put on the Stack Overflow nose. And there's always something, you know, 
If I have a level three fire shield and I'm fighting an ice dragon, what exactly is the interact? You know, look. Stuff like I mean, that. here's how can a unicorn establish a foreign location as its own lair when it's already the lair of a lich? And I'm like, this is what we just <laughs> talked about with that spam tool. Like we're yeah. we're already halfway there. Yeah, you thought rank control was confusing. That's actually hot hot yeah. network questions is how I ended up getting to RPG because I was arriving at Stack Exchange just like everyone else in the world. I googled some question about how to format something in tech or to uh, what function to use in MATLAB. And after a couple of years of that, I happened to notice this little sidebar and there was an icon of an icosahedron and some question about whether a half-elf, half-dwarf can exist. And I said, of course it can't. <laughs> and I ran over Welcome there. home. <laughs> so cool. So wait, what do you do on the, on the tech or math side when you're not playing board games, if you don't mind. Oh, that's fine. I'm I'm actually a math teacher at a private high school. And so, you know, like everyone else who uses tech, I always know that there's a way to do it and I have no idea what the way is to do it. So I go to, I Google whatever it is and I land at tech.sacexchange and someone says, hey, there's a package for that. And I go install that package and now it works. What's changed now that you're home? Do you, are you on the network more? Are you on the network less? Are you seeing an influx of questions? Uh, is anything different? So influx of questions, I've, I've sort of been watching that and I, I took a look at the statistics and I was surprised to see not much change. I don't know if there's a, a lot of people who can't and a lot of people who now have a lot of free time and it's balancing out, but we didn't see too much of a change. And then as for working from home, I'll fess up. I was actually on spring break uh, until today. Today's my last day of spring break. So my schedule hasn't actually changed yet. Sorry, next week things get crazy. What about you, Aaron? So I got I got uh, released from my job uh, about a month ago, and so I was I was already he- heading this way. I, I started some graduate school classes. I started a master's in stats at uh, CUNY Baruch. We've gone to doing that all from home. So here I am locked up in my apartment twenty four seven basically. And I get up. I, I start. I wanted to do streaming for a long time. I got to get my you know, when you work for a large corporation, you have to have the blessing and permission of your bosses to do that. So, and of course I didn't. So I like, okay, I now give myself permission. And so I'm just, you know, putting myself out there on Twitch right now, streaming like all day long. And so if anybody drops in on me and asks me a Python question, they could, they, they, it's perfectly fine with me. They can totally derail whatever it is I was working on and uh, ha- happy to, to do that kind of thing. How do people, how do they find you on, on, uh, on Twitch? Yeah, so like they actually hid me in the um for the first 2 weeks they completely hid me in the rankings, not in the rankings, in the uh in the sorted lists of people who are alive. So recently they've actually started putting me in the in the list of people who are alive. But you know, I think it's I think it makes sense cuz like when you're just starting, you're not sure what to do and like, are you going to eat on camera and are you going to be a jerk a little bit? And you don't want to run, they don't want you to run users off. It's a, so it's, it's a little bit like, I guess, stack overflow in terms of, you know, we start people off, you know, with lower permissions and lower uh, privileges and then slowly elevate them, uh, you know, if as the algorithms make sense. And so in Stack Overflow, it's very transparent on Twitch. It's very opaque. It's a little different. I was very frustrated with the opacity. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah, we've been trying to do it for a long time at my jujitsu academy, and we don't have a lot of viewers. Um, and, you know, it's tough to know when you're going to get surfaced or why. Also, like if you have certain music playing in the background, they'll mute it, right? Are you, are you familiar with this? Like you have to have royalty-free music, which can be very frustrating. Yeah, I tried, I tried to get a YouTube stream my first day, a YouTube playlist of royalty-free music. It's what it said, but it, when, when I finished streaming, um, then it said, 
parts of it were muted because <laughs> because they violated copyright somewhere. I don't know. So, anyways, I haven't been using that kind of music. I've got a I've got an idea for a um, Haskell project to generate music based on you know the colors and textures on my screen, and I, so I think that that's like one way of doing the music mm-hmm. thing. But I have been going music free since then. Very cool. So uh, I guess, are you seeing new things across your communities? Are there new moderator duties that are popping up as this sort of unprecedented event is happening? Or is it business as usual? Feels like business as usual to me. I I don't know. I feel like, you know, we've got largely the same user base. And, you know, we get new users, new users, new users. But I think as, you know, our user base has grown and matured, I've, I've noticed, like, over the past couple of years, maybe a decline in combativeness and and negativity and if i mean it feels like to me that's what i what i've noticed and maybe that's uh that's a factor of me becoming a moderator and so like you know people are nicer around me maybe i don't use the the diamond to to bash people over the head either i just i I still treat people like their peers and i don't uh insist on uh, anybody kowtowing to me. I think uh, we, we're all, you know, being nicer to each other. We're treating each other better and we're getting better at, uh, at doing this thing called life. I was going to say over on the RPG side, um, it's pretty much business as usual main site where we do see a difference is in chat. We've got a, we've got a pretty healthy general chat room, uh, but we also spun off a coronavirus chat zone, we call it. And I, I pulled up the numbers because I was curious. It's getting about 50% the traffic that uh, our usual chat does. So there's about half of its residents are regular chatizens from RPG, but then there's people from around the network who have somehow come across it and people are in there. They're either sharing support or they're sharing info, asking questions. And I know, you know, chat's the third space that we don't talk about too much, but I, I do actually think it's a pretty important part of the ecosystem. Um, so I'm glad to see it working well in this time also. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. People have been saying to me, I feel like I've talked to you more in the last, you know, two weeks than I have in the last two years, because with the social isolation, we're all making this big effort to sort of stay in contact with people. I've learned things about friends that I see all the time that I had no idea that happened, like, were very significant in their lives. And I've, my mom is like, you're, it's so great that you're talking to me. You know, I really feel like you've opened up and (laughs) it's great to just have my son, my son's calling me every day. It's like, yeah, well, you know, doing what I can. But, um, yeah, it's really interesting that Stack Overflow, Stack Exchange, has always built in those options and that now at a time where community is really necessary, um, you know, they're coming to life. I'm going to put you on the spot and ask you both if you've ever had to make a tough call as being a moderator, if you've ever on the edge about something or if you ever had to, um, if there's ever anything that felt to you like something that was a really difficult thing to do or a tough decision to make. No is an okay answer. No, there there have been hard calls. I think for me, the hardest thing, because um, I tend to be a little bit of a temperamental sort, is recognizing when someone's getting under my skin and asking one of the other moderators to step in or just to keep an eye on things, you know, to say to someone, hey, you know, this this person's really bugging me. Um, I'm going to try and stick with it. But do you mind, you know, make sure to tap me on the shoulder if you think things are going off the rails. That makes sense. That sounds like my parenting strategy. I think it can be tough to keep your finger off the button when uh, you know people are provoking you. So it's good to have other moderators to talk to and uh, maybe even vent to. We had that last year sometime, I think, uh, recently. I, I vented. They were all like, Aaron, you're wrong. You can't suspend that user. You can't do that. And, and, I'm, and I'm like, yeah, well, uh, blah, blah, blah. This is, how I, this is what I think. And they're like, no, but you can't do it for real. And I'm like, okay, but I'm just venting. 
They're like, Ven acknowledge. Sometimes you need that. Like, Thank you. Yeah, it's so interesting to me, the growth of Discord. I think that's such an interesting company. And they sort of came around as a way to do live chat that could be spun up really quickly and became super popular in the video game world, but now are just used for a million things. And it's fascinating to me to have that sort of optionality where it's like, oh, we need a place to vent. Or like, I want a place where I can just go say what I want to say and other people are going to say that too. But also in this way where it's like that room could exist for 24 hours and then be gone, you know? I don't know if any of you read that um, that op-ed that Stanley McChrystal did in the New York Times a couple of weeks back, um, but it was about digital leadership. And, and he was talking about how after 9-11, you know, they very quickly had to spin up anti-terrorism efforts all around the world and people working together in different theaters and some of the lessons they learned from that and how to provide spaces like that, how important it was for people to see each other on screen and to get used to talking to each other on screen or having these these many-to-many conversations that are digitally mediated, but also having those alternate spaces, if you will, your, your virtual water coolers um, and just how essential they are. Yeah, it's been really interesting to watch my kids adapt to this. My younger son is in kindergarten and still has not found a remote learning experience that he likes at all. And his older brother is in first grade. And what he really likes is Google Classroom where you record a video and you log it in. And then in the morning, you can look at a video and respond to it. But it's kind of asynchronous. And so kids are making a video, replying to video, making and replying. And when he's on the Zoom call, it's always just chaos, you know, and and the kids feel ignored because they all want to talk to their friends and nobody can really hear each other. And the teacher's always muting different kids. And it's just like, it's not a, so far it hasn't been a successful experience at that age. Bracket. I've got, I've got three kids who are doing that right now. And it's, it's worked well when a teacher is using it to check in with two or three kids at a time. That's where I've seen zoom working well, but like you, most of what my kids are doing is asynchronous. And of course I'm, I'm watching as, as closely as I can, what my sixth, fourth and second grade kids are doing, because I get back soon into trying to deal with high schoolers and they have a lot in common with sixth, fourth, and second graders some days. Yeah. Here's a question that may not make it on the podcast, but I'm just curious, since you're a teacher, do you think school is going to reopen before the summer? And if it did reopen or didn't reopen, like how do kids in high school graduate and move on? You know, like my kindergartner probably, he misses three months, but they'll just check him out next year and be like, can you read a little? Okay, first grade. But for a, you know, 10th, 11th, 12th grader who was supposed to take regents or something, What's going to happen? Are we frozen in time? Are we going to keep school moving? Yeah. So this is an interesting shockwave that's going to percolate through the educational system for probably the next 15 years or so, Because is is the way I imagine it. Um, As to whether or not schools are going to open back up, I think you could see some opening back up in three or four weeks. You could imagine plenty being closed until June. And by closed, I mean, you know, going remote. But we all we all understand in the educational world that going remote means we are not going to do what we did while we were there. It turns out that gathering people together in a place to do a specified thing that is designed for that place and that time can't just very quickly and easily be shifted over to some other space and some other support system. So how much are we going to get through? Uh, I know as a high school teacher, I'm not too worried about that. We're looking at what do we really need to make sure kids have going into the next year. But we also know that the next year could have some of these little waves coming through it too. Yeah, I know after 9-11, they invented, Meetup was invented which is, you know, a big thing in the in the 2000s. And I feel like the next startup is going to be like everyone get in the same place and hug or something like that after this is over. <laughs> .org. Uber for hugs. Well, it might not yeah. be .org, but, you know, dot, dot .info or .guru. <laughs> or, yeah, .blockchain. Yeah, exactly. .horse. You know what I found the other day? .best buy. <laughs> There's one URL. It's www.best buy. And guess where it goes. Oh, brother. Guess where you end up. Oh, brother. 
So usually, y'all, this is the point where we shout out lifeboats, but because we've been recording so frequently, I don't think there's any new ones. So how about each of you shout out a great question or two from networks that you moderate? Shout out, you know, a great question with an accepted answer and the username for who asked the question or the answer. How does that sound? All right, we got to give them a minute to find it. Yeah, yeah, take a minute to find it. So while they're taking a minute to find it, I'll just do a quick plug. If you're listening to this, know that Stack Overflow for Teams, which is a great way to organize and collaborate, build documentation with your team in real time, is available for free through the summer. You can sign on. I believe you can get up to 25 or 30 seats free. It's a super useful tool. It's used by folks like Microsoft and Expensify. And right now, as everybody's working remote, it might come in handy. So you can check that out, stackoverflow.com slash teams. I have a great question, if you want one in the meantime. Yes, Paul. Did Russia release lions onto the street to keep people in isolation? <laughs> we have a team member, one of our community managers, who is uh, near St. Petersburg. And we spoke to him about that yesterday. And the answer is definitely no. Oh, no. <laughs> That Sorry was, to burst was, your bubble. That was posted to skeptics. Nonetheless, it is a wonderful question. <laughs> right. Because, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here in Brooklyn, and part of me would be utterly terrified, frankly, if I looked out and I saw a pride of lions <laughs> coming down Coney Island Avenue. Yeah. But I'm not going to lie that another part wouldn't be deeply thrilled. Oh, man. This is, here, here's, a, here's a classic stack overflow stack exchange interaction here. How can I best run a cinematic battle with three opposing factions? I'm running a game of 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons, and I want to run a climactic battle that has three factions. The top answer, don't do that. <laughs> that was, it was a red flag for me, too. Yeah, what you can do. There's a what you can do. Exactly, because as, as long as you're, if you're going to say that and you back it up with um, how you know that that's a bad idea and what some better alternatives are, we're really happy to see that. Get a second GM, have rich goals, allow lots of time. I like that. Those are some good answers, too. I got another one from Cooking. You ready? Yeah. What happened to my egg? <laughs> what happened to your egg? I was what happened to my a, egg? I was, this is Ask Today. Already has 877 <laughs> views. It's by Luciano. I was making a small batch of chocolate cake and decided to flavor it with peppermint extract as a substitute for vanilla extract. Foolish me added the extract directly to the eggs. Parentheses, not beat. A small portion of the white became opaque as if it had been cooked. What happened here? Ah, uh, I love this. Wow. You ready? I'm, I'm yeah, going to give you just so the first sentence of the reply. 17 upvotes. We're doing good. Your egg whites were cooked by the alcohol in the extract. Wow. So good. Thank you. My kibli That's all consonants. Can't what, pronounce it. What happened to my <laughs> egg? <laughs> God bless this network. I love I love it because it's also then you go you like decide you'll nerd out and go look at the deep math ones and it's like what is happening in this non-abelian category right right and you're like oh no and then it's <laughs> what happened to my egg yeah okay so here's here's my favorite uh, recent question it comes from uh, the workplace site which is always very practical and I think it's a very timely question question is recently got laid off is it best to wait for the corona pandemic to pass before applying for a new job. And of course, the answers are, seems to have a consensus that no, you should not wait. Yeah. Speaking of which, I have a resource to plug, Corona resource. The first one is, of course, Stack Overflow Jobs. We have a great job board on Stack Overflow. Another one is some folks I know created a, a new space for looking for jobs during this time called Upstream. So those are both two great resources if you're looking for work. Awesome. Thank yeah, you, I Sarah. Mean, I know... 
I know at work, everybody is adapting, right? Like, I, we, we'd already done quite a number of remote interviews in our lives, and now they're all remote, and we're yeah. figuring it out as we go. But, like, there's still growth. There's still hiring. Like, it's not all that yeah. one giant unemployment chart out in the world. Speaking of employment, the question that actually I've been turning to a lot recently is a meta post on Academia Debt Stack Exchange. And its title is, I need help adapting my academic workflow to the COVID-19 crisis. Where do I start? And that's just a community resource that was pulled together. Seeing a wave of questioners coming over the horizon, the power users over there at Academia decided to pull together everything that they already had, both internally and things that people were using externally, put it together into a meta post that would be helpful to people who are landing on the shores of Stack Exchange maybe for the first time. And it's been really helpful. I've forwarded it along to a lot of colleagues and learned a lot from it myself. That's great. That one's from Wurzel Permer. That's how you pronounce that. <laughs> that is so cool. Also, I drunkenly told a professor something fundamentally wrong about a friend's thesis work. Should I clarify and or apologize? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Obviously. <laughs> um, you know, there really should be like an Animal Crossing style language for pronouncing usernames. Like it feels like handles now deserve... Because yeah. we're always like, Mergold, Mergold, <laughs> says, you know, yeah. there should probably be that little like, Sazazabazabage. We should, we'll figure yeah. this out. Yeah, we, you click the name and it pronounces it. And if you want, you can, you can add the pronunciation in when you create your handle, right? That's right. Like, I like love me, that. Like Wiki, Wiktionary. <laughs> this is, exactly. this is, it's a little product <laughs> idea that I'm throwing over to stack language. for free. Just oh, adding it to the top of the roadmap. That goes straight to the top Absolutely. of the Absolutely. Animal Crossing style pronunciation of usernames automatically generated over like probably like two billion hours of cpu time to make all the little wave files all right y'all i have a i have a big instagram launch and blog post and stuff to put up today so i gotta run but it was great talking to all of you it was great seeing people's faces thanks for letting us know what's happening in your lives and your communities and uh, in all seriousness thank you for your service it's it 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 makes a better world thank you well on that note Okay, so yeah, on that note, I'm Ben Popper, Director of Content. If you want to find me, I'm at Ben Popper on Twitter. And we will be coming back at you Tuesday and Friday every week during uh, this crazy period. So hope you and your loved ones are safe. Shout out to everyone fighting the pandemic on the front lines. Uh, Matt and Aaron, do you want to go? You can just say your name and where people can find you on the internet. Yeah, so on Twitter, it's at Aaron C. Hall. On Twitch, Aaron C. Hall. Two A's, R-O-N-C-H-A-L-L, both ways. Look for me on Twitch. What hours do you usually stream so people know? Um, I usually start before noon, usually killing it like at 10 o'clock at night. And as for me, you can find me at rpgstackexchange.com. That's about the only place online you'll find me. And I'm Sarah Chips, Director of Community here at Stack Overflow. And I'm Sarah J. Chips at Twitter.com. And I'm Paul Ford, the CEO of Postlight Digital Product Company. You can find me at Ftrain. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. If you have questions or suggestions, podcast at stackoverflow.com. Talk to you soon. Bye.